This is Kristen Hedgecock. And I'm Ash Matson. You're listening to Apta Sophia, which means useful wisdom in the pursuit of biblical womanhood. Welcome to Apta Sophia. My name is Ash Matson. I'm here with my co host, Kristen Hedgecock. Hello. Hello. And we're here with another episode. This time we're talking about the spiritual discipline of prayer mm-hmm. in the life of a wife and mama or a single lady at home, whoever you are. A woman. A woman. Do we know what a woman is? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We know what women are. Just joking. You're in the right place. Don't worry. Um, But before we get into the meat of the episode, we want to do the most important thing we do on any episode, and that is our would you rather question for the episode. I always do that, and it's very awkward. The episode, 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 episode. Um, so, as an immortal, would you rather be on an island all by yourself and every 10,000 years one person is added, or be on a crowded island and every 10,000 years one person is taken away? I think I would... Hmm. I think I would want to be alone to start off with. Yeah? Uh-huh. I think you would go crazy if you were on an island for eternity. Yeah. Especially after developing relationships with people. Right. Unavoidably on your crowded island. And then just having it all dwindle. I feel like that would just drive you insane. Right. Yeah. And you have no way of knowing if your best friend is going to be the next one taken away. (gasps) You know what I mean? Think about that. That's horrible. Yeah. That would be like some weird Hunger Games. <laughs> well, it was like Percy Jackson inspired. That was how do a, they get from, taken away? Um, do they get killed? No, no, they get trans. So I asked my son because this is my son Caius, my oldest. He's into Percy Jackson and everything ancient mythology, Greek mythology. And so they get taken to another like world, I guess, where they become mortal. And they live out their normal lives and then die. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. We were created for relationship. Yeah. Even if we're introvert. Yeah. Because my gut is to say, oh, I just want to be with by myself <laughs> on an island. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would go nuts. Mm-hmm. So it's like the solitary confinement thing. It literally drives people mad. Right. When they have no... It'd be like Tom Hanks. <laughs> Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was an easy one, too. Well, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Weigh in. <laughs> this is, like, the last two. We we usually have a lot to say, but I feel I like these have been really, like... Straightforward. Pretty straightforward and yeah. logical. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, go weigh in. Let us know what you would choose and why. Facebook, Instagram, and then our would you rather for the next episode is going to be, drum roll. Would you rather have x-ray vision or magnified hearing? Ooh. Yeah. That's kind of a fun one. It is. The other one that I had was actually would you rather be stuck on an island alone or with someone who talks incessantly? Oh, my gosh. Alone. Alone. After we were just like, I can't forever. I yeah, can't. at least you would die at some point. There's no like immortality involved. True. In that. Yep. You would just be. I feel like that would be like a. You would become some kind of biblical prophet, just being alone with God on an island. There you go. 
for that long. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like John the Baptist. He was alone, lived in the mountains all by himself. Him. I don't envy his life, so I'm not... Eating grasshoppers no, and okay. honey and wearing weird belts. Yes. Getting his head cut off later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or John the Apostle. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, but because immortality is not involved, I feel like I, I could do, like, a normal human lifetime, just not eternity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into... Let's start with uh, our question, our first question, which is, what is prayer? What What is, is it? Prayer? What is this prayer thing? Um, yeah, what is it? Well, I just wanted to preface all this by, because this was my topic, because we're doing a new thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to preface that I got uh, all of my ideas <laughs> from two books. Uh, I had read a few years ago, we did a book study, our church did, the ladies in our church was A Way to Pray by um, Matthew Henry. And then I am almost finished with this book. It's called Psalms for Trials, Meditation on Praying the Psalms uh, by Lindsay Tolfelson. Tolfel, yeah, I think so. I think that's how you say that. I'm sorry, Lindsay. Um, Tolfelson. And so anyway, so what is prayer? You can get all kinds of different answers. Most of them are good if you just Google what is prayer. Um, but because we are of the Reformed flavor, I went to uh, our Westminster um, Shorter, Catechism. Shorter Catechism. And so their answer is question 98. What is prayer? Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of sin and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. That was better than any definition I could come right. up with on my own. So that's the definition we're, we're running with. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so what are our duties uh, to engage in prayer? Uh, do you want to start with that or do you want me to start? Let's talk about like the negative connotation because you were kind of talking about that when we were discussing it earlier. Oh my gosh. So one of the... One of the definitions that I looked up, and I don't remember where I saw it, but it's just like, I don't know, www.imachristian.com. <laughs> Those are our primary resource, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Christianychristianthings.com. You know, whatever. Yeah. And it was talking about like how you can like activate this communication. <laughs> and it just reminded me of that. Um, Holy Spirit, activate <laughs> Holy Spirit, I was like, no, this is horrible. Yep. You're not activating anything. Mm-hmm. Not in that sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's not a ritual or like a series of phrases that we speak. Right. Like incantations to force God to do something for us. Right. You're not tapping into anything. Yeah. Um, it's not a force to tap into. Yeah. I um, thought of Matthew 6, 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for ooh, their many words. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. But what about this, like, negative connotation of duty? Because we hear that word and we're oh, like, Oh, yeah. Ugh. So, yeah, duty. I did listen to a sermon and that immediately turned me off. But it was such a good sermon. Because, anyway, yeah, the, and I don't even remember what the pastor, what his name was. It was just on sermon audio and I just looked for, like, reformed, <laughs> reformed pastor. Um, but I do like how he 
um, how he presented how he presented duty he did hit hard like it is something that we need to engage in on a regular basis and you can take the lord's prayer and just break it down in one of the petitions in the lord's prayer is um that you're to give us this day our daily bread and it is really hard to do that daily and to ask god daily for your bread if you're not daily engaging in prayer Mm. and so um that is a wonderful duty that we um, are allowed to partake in and uh, communicate with the Lord. Um, Our desires, our needs, our portions that he has promised to give us and whatever that may be. Um, So yeah, so that was just what I had in uh, in terms of duty. If you think about like Christ died. Yeah in order to make it possible to have this kind of intimate relationship with the Father. And so we, ha- we have commands all through scripture mm-hmm. to pray. Yeah. And they're not light. No. They're not like, when you get to it, every so often. Right. It's, we're going to see it's a continual right. thing. Yeah. We have the life of Christ as an example of how he depended and how he treasured and made time. Mm-hmm and prioritize that time with the Father. But it is a privilege that we are able to come and be heard by God based on the righteousness of Christ that covers our sin, Mm -hmm. not on our own merit. Because if we came to God on our own, apart from Christ, there would be nothing but wrath. Yeah, I mean, you think about like the Old Testament and how they had to set up certain (laughs) things like the priest had to like have this rope tied around him because to go in the the Holy of Holies and only he, only he could communicate with the Lord. Only he could have this like um, relationship that was very unique and he had to do things just so yeah and prepare himself just so in the sacrificial system right in the sacrificial system they were able to pray to the lord but their prayers were heard on the basis of right those sacrifices being made so even there we have the foreshadowing of there's no coming to god on your own merit apart from the blood of christ covering you yeah and Christ shed his blood so we could do that. Sure. So we do have a duty and there's plenty of commands in scripture, but what a privilege to mm-hmm. be able to when we should be just absolutely crushed for mm-hmm. even saying the name of God. So, um, yeah, in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. So in everything by prayer. Mm-hmm. So we're to come to God in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And then the big one is First Thessalonians 5, Verses 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will in Christ Jesus for you. Mm-hmm. So just further emphasizing that it's not a casual when you get to it. It is a, this is a continual state as a Christian mm-hmm. through your whole day, which is hard to fathom and not something that we're going to be able to do overnight, but something that we should aim at as far as what scripture requires of us in um, having the Lord on our mind and depending on him, like actively depending on him and as much as we can in prayer through the day. Yeah, so what to pray? Um, Okay, so there's a lot of different things, but I'm gonna start off with a quote by Matthew Henry. 
Um, my first point is to pray the Bible. And Matthew Henry says, um, summarizes it perfectly. God has made promises to his people. His people respond by redirecting those promises to the Lord in the form of prayer. How could a God who is faithful to his word fail to answer prayers of this kind? He has promised. So uh, another one is the whole word of God is of you. Sorry, I typed that. The whole word of God is of use to direct us in prayer. There we go. But this special rule of direction is that form of prayer which Christ taught his disciples, commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Um, and then just praying the Psalms too. Again, you're using scripture, you're using his words. There's lots of promises within the Psalms to uh, not necessarily remind God. I don't know, that's not the right word, but you can thank him for these promises. Thank you that you will never leave, leave us. Your word says in you know Psalms, whatever that's like, I, I will never leave you or forsake you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's Isaiah. I don't know, remember. But, um, you know, just praying those things, praying scripture, praying his own words. He wrote them down for us to use in communication with him. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, um, I actually saw the book recommendation from Sheologians. So shout out to them for this, but, um, I read a good portion of the book, um, Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. Mm. And I feel like once I got the general gist of what he was saying, I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then I just stopped because <laughs> I was like, I got I got your method. Thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's saying like we tend to like every Christian kind of starts out their prayer journey with the Lord. Um, anytime I'm like journey, our journey. Our journey. Our journey with the Lord. <laughs> Anyways. Um that you start your prayer life with the Lord with a lot of zeal, usually. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was very, like, unburdened by right theology, which can be a blessing, to be honest. Because once I, like, really understood the implications of what was happening when I was praying and, like, mm-hmm. how holy God is and how sinful I am, I was mm-hmm. like, what what, uh, <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> God already knows what I'm going to say. He already knows what's right for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so it kind of like, I think theology is a is a blessing, but it also for me kind of like stalled me out a little bit mm-hmm. in the beginning. But he talks about this pattern where a lot of believers kind of start their prayer, um, prayer life with the Lord with a lot of zeal and a lot of like unabashed like confidence. And then um, they get, tripped up and they mm-hmm. start saying the same phrases every time and they start mm-hmm. getting distracted during their prayer time and their mind wanders and they feel guilt and they and, and then it feels like what you're talking about like a duty and a chore and like this negative thing where you're right. like oh I'm just trudging through this and I feel guilt for even feeling this way and his his um suggestion is scripture is given to us like Kristen was saying for us to pray through it Mm-hmm. And so he gives the Psalms as a great example of like a book that you can start with and a primary book you can focus on. And he gives good examples on what that looks like when you go line by line and you just say, you pray through whatever you see on that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let me see if I can find something. Not like anything too crazy, but um, it was just a really good idea. And he also talks about, um, you know, even if it's not directly related to the context of what you're reading, that you can still use it as a springboard. 
So, um, like, just Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And you could say, Lord, please help me to be the kind of man that will not walk in the counsel of the wicked, that only walks in the way of your law. And, you know, that right. sort of thing. And then you would go, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Lord, please keep me from standing in the way of sinners. I don't want to do that. Please point out to me where I have, that sort of thing. Like, right. And you just go through systematically. And... um. <clears throat> And, you know, he's like, you can pick a few verses, you can pray for an hour, you can pray for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But if you want to develop a habit of prayer, like, wow, what a, what a like, right. paradigm we have a model. that is. Yeah, we have a model in which to pray. Yeah. Sure. So, and that can really, like, get you back into, like, God tells us what we need to want. And sometimes yeah. it's hard for us yeah. to just— off the cuff. Yeah. We don't know. We're like, should I should I pray in King James English or how do I do this? How do I address the Lord? Like, um, all of that. So Right. And there's also like books of prayer. Um yeah. I got one from oh man, it was a it's a Puritan Valley of Vision? Uh, no, not that. But although that one is a good one, mm-hmm. um, it's called Piercing Heaven. Mm, okay. And so, yeah, so that one is also, I got that for a Christmas present. Um, I had asked for that. That wasn't something that <laughs> people are like, here, you need this. Um, but yeah, so I got that. And it's just, it's it's um, prayers that are modeled after the Psalms, but written in like common language. And um, just like Ash just did. So it's prayers written like that. Just mm-hmm. And you can just read them if you don't know. Um, but they're all scripturally based. And some people might kind of be like, oh, that's weird. And it is weird because, I mean, at least I was raised like that's not um, genuine. Like things that right. are written down right. are not genuine. They yeah. need to be felt from the heart. But then when you're like, I don't know, my heart is so evil and sick and I don't know what to say. Those are just really great guidelines and models to use um, if you are kind of stuck in what to say. Right. And that's that's a huge, like, a huge parameter Mm -hmm. to put around your prayers. So 1 John um, 5 verse 14, and this is, the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, mm-hmm. he hears us. Yeah. So it's really important when you're praying to consider, am I trying, am I striving to have my will conform to the will of God? Mm-hmm. Um, am I striving to think God's thoughts after him? And what what better way is there to be sure that you're doing that than to go straight to scripture and just pray those things over your circumstance, your life, right. your your relationships, other people's lives. You know, if right. if a verse makes you think of someone, pray for them. Right. Um, there's a lot here, though. I loved. I went back to to um, the Westminster Shorter Catechism because just the petitions in the Lord's Prayer tell us exactly yes. what we should be praying for. Mm-hmm. Um, I have them written down. Did you write them down? I wrote the. Um, I just wrote. The one that was like, give us this day our daily bread. Okay. Yeah, so I'll do just a few really quick because, mm-hmm. um, so just within the realm of what should, what kinds of things should we be praying for? Mm-hmm. Um, the first petition, hallowed be thy name. We pray that God might be glorified in us or in others, in our circumstances, in the world. 
The second petition, thy kingdom come, we pray that God's kingdom would be advanced in the world, uh, that his enemies would be put under his feet, that the devil would be defeated, that sin would be put to death. Third petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that God, by his grace, would make us able and willing to know, obey, and submit to his will in all things, as the angels do in heaven. Christian said the fourth petition, give us this day our, our daily bread. The fifth would be, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do we go to the Lord in prayer to confess our sins, mm-hmm. to ask for his forgiveness, and then also to ask him to enable us to forgive others their sins, um, because God requires quite a bit of us in that regard. Um, The sixth petition, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, that God would keep us from stumbling, that God would keep us from temptation to sin, that he would guard guard us against that. Um, So we have just so many things there that that we can go to. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we feel like our prayer life is stagnant, stale and we don't know what to say and we keep praying for a new minivan and there's you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) the same things there's so much that the lord wants to hear on our lips no it's so true so i um reading back through my notes on a way to pray it just exposes it go like if you think you are perfect it is like it is just peels back layers and layers and layers of things that you could pray for. It just reveals all fleshly mm-hmm. desires and inclinations and tendencies in our prayer life and how we even think about ourselves and how we even think about God and all of that kind of stuff that we can confess everything. It also gives us a list of like all the ways that we can thank God for being everything who he is and all of the scripture verses and um, Psalms is great because it um, largely reveals God's character and his nature, mm-hmm. you know, his love enduring forever. That's a common thing, uh, theme repeated through um, a couple of different Psalms. <clears throat> and so I definitely recommend that book if you are wanting to even dig even deeper and have it like a very mm-hmm. deep, robust prayer life Mm -hmm. because it just lays out all the things, all the things that you could pray for. And it's a thick book. Yeah, I mean, you just, I like there were just things that got exposed that I'm like, I didn't even think about, you know, thanking God for being, or thinking, yeah, thanking God for crucifying his son that we have, you know, like, but now I incorporate those, you know, not obviously not every element or else we'd just be praying all day. But, um, yeah, those particular elements into um, our prayer, specifically mm-hmm. when, you know, we're addressing sin or addressing confession or, you know, whatever, just making sure to thank God for those. Yeah. Just thinking of, like, the different flavors of the different books, like how profound it would be to pray through some of the prophetic books or through Job or through... The prayer of Jabez. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. The Proverbs, like, you know, just not pray through some of the things in Job. You'd be like, "Mm, don't pray through certain things. But um, like when God reveals about himself, like, because we're supposed to come to the Lord to glorify him too. Mm -hmm. Like part of the purpose of prayer is to have those, to meditate before the Lord on his magnificence. And that can be really intimidating. Yeah. 
But why not speak the words that the Lord has spoken of himself back to him? Yeah, he doesn't leave us hanging. That's yeah, the thing. He doesn't not describe himself. Right. He, yeah. We have quite a bit to go off of. Yeah. But like, how would that change your heart? And just, yeah, man. Um, so another... So another thing we should be praying for is we should pray for literally all people. It says all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but those those in high positions are positions of authority. So mm-hmm. um, you, usually we think about that in regards to pray for the president. And yes, you should. But what about your husband? He's in a position mm. of authority over you. Yeah, that's What true. about your parents if you're in their household? What about your elders and your pastor? Um, so 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 4. First of all then— I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Um, Pray for the saints and for your pastors and elders. So Ephesians 6, 16 through 20. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit, at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, for Paul, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So you have the ministers of the gospel in your own local body, in the bodies of other faithful churches in your area. Um, I mean, God doesn't really leave us hanging. Yeah. On things to pray for. There's such a long list of things that you could meditate on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I'm going to do on social media is write up a list of these ideas to make it a principle to see if people want to just post it somewhere in their house if they're feeling stuck. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good idea. Like, can you imagine having that up like by your kitchen sink Yeah, when you're doing dishes mm-hmm. and have some things to pray through? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of woo-woo, but <laughs> one thing I've heard uh, that I thought was a really cool idea is going through the rooms of your house and praying through your house. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way to do that that's kind of weird and pagany, where you're like, I'm going to sweep out the bad spirits with my prayers, and I'm going to- And my anoint, sage. I'm going to anoint my doorways with oil and open my windows. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do that. But if you're like, hey, what do I want our our family table to be like? Right. While I'm cleaning the table. What do I want my kitchen to be like? What do I want my children to see of the goodness of God through the food that I'm cooking, through mm-hmm. the way that he's providing? Pray over those things. Go to your backyard. Like, what kind of memories do I want my kids to have? How do, like, thank you for nature. Thank you for the protection we have back here. Like, mm-hmm. there's really no end. <laughs> but that might be if you're like, hey, oh, I just am so busy through the day with all this housework. I can't go into my prayer closet with my prayer shawl, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah, I just always think of John Hagee. Thank <laughs> you. It's like I know. Sorry, sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways. um, For those of you who do not know, John Hagee is my great uncle. <laughs> and I give her lots of crap. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. So when I say like, a little bit not reformed things. I'm like, I can't help it. It's According in my blood. The predictions God spoke to me. of NASA. I don't know. God there will spoke be to me. 17 blood moons on. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah. So uh, 
if you feel like you're just too busy to have yeah. your little secret prayer time, do it while you're cleaning your house. Yeah. Pray over those things. Um. Yeah, I think there's a way that, um, on what to pray. <clears throat> there's a way on like how to pray. Mm-hmm. Because we don't necessarily, I think, I think that our culture, our Christian culture today is really fixed upon being like raw and authentic and just not saying that there isn't a place to like, I don't know if venting is the right word, but to be a, yes, it is true that part of, part of prayer and the part of the things that you pray is to bring supplications before the Lord. Um, but you can do it in a way and only bring supplications to the Lord where you kind of sound like a whiny baby. E. Um, and like, that's part of the reason why I'm just really hitting like, memorize the Psalms, it's good. And modeling it after that, modeling it after the Lord's Prayer is um, just that, <sighs> it can kind of get your mind out of the gutter a little bit right? and help you focus on good and positive things that we are also commanded right. to pray for and pray about, um, that God's words can be on our lips through the ups and the downs mm-hmm. and that they are for us to use for our own hearts and for our refreshing of our soul. Um, through the Psalms, we know, like I said, God's nature mm-hmm. and His character and His promises, and it just it it just prevents us from being like this drippy, naggy faucet mm-hmm. of a woman, yeah, <laughs> and where we're just constantly spewing negativity and um, just you know not saying that we can't bear our hearts and not saying that we can't bring our troubles to the Lord, of course. But, you know, we can see from the model of Psalms that is also coupled with thanksgiving. It is also um, coupled with gratefulness. Mm -hmm. It is also coupled with um, or paired with just magnifying God and who he is and and stuff. So I was going to say, David sounds like a whiny baby sometimes. He does kind of sound like a whiny, but I think a lot, of his psalms are very heartfelt, yes. Right. But they aren't only just whiny baby prayers. He was also going through some serious Yeah, stuff. he was also like <laughs> running for his life. Um, one thing, one scripture, Psalms 141.3, is you can even pray this if you have a tendency just to come to the Lord with just nothing complaint. but complaint is just ask him, ask him to put a guard over your mouth, which I was like, whoa, there's a scripture verse in that. It says, set set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And sure, that can extend to, you know, in-person relationships and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think it can just also be, how are we, how are we bringing our petitions to the Lord? Yeah. And there's a good... And I think biblical way to do that. And there's a drippy faucet way to do mm-hmm. that too. So um, I'm going to kind of go to the extreme on the other side. 
just off the cuff too. So that's always fun. Um, (laughs) But I think that we also can be so formal in our prayers Mm -hmm. and feel like prayer isn't the place for that kind of venting. So then we try to go vent to other people. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say also, the Lord knows what's going on in your heart and your mind. Sure. So trying to tuck those things away and not expose them to him really doesn't, I mean, God is the only one who can lift that burden from you. Yeah. And so if there's anyone that you should be pouring your heart out to in complaint or, I mean, if anything, I feel like we know that God knows the truth. Mm-hmm. And so trying to bamboozle the Lord in prayer <laughs> by one-siding. Yeah your situation is God. not going to be as easy. My as, husband, he's so right. whatever. Can you just change his heart? He just annoys me right. so much. How much more honest are we going to be in those it, prayers to the Lord than we would be with Susie Q, who is sure. like just willing to be an open ear for us? Mm-hmm. And I think about that a lot, like how often I'm tempted and also like follow through on running to Facebook to rejoice over some thing my child did or to yeah. bear something that's on my heart or to do something where I'm like, I didn't go to, I didn't go to God in prayer over mm-hmm. that. I could have gone to God in prayer and not involved the whole world and been mm-hmm. like, how wonderful is my child? Thank you for this. Like, thank you that I get to be here to witness this, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like how many things do we run to social media for that we should run to the Lord for? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, yeah. Or try to put on other people that we should really be venting to the Lord. Yeah. Um, but I'm with Kristen on like you should eat the rainbow when it comes to prayer. <laughs> That's like that just kept popping up in my head, like um, <clears throat> thinking about Charlotte Mason about how like you have to have like a wide and varied feast of curriculum. Like mm-hmm. do that in your prayer life. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's no better way to stop navel gazing than to follow the biblical model. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> that can seem oppressive if you have your heart just in a wrench <clears throat> and you feel like things are just horrible, but it's a blessing to you that the Lord calls you to set your mind on higher things and to see the bigger picture mm-hmm. and to glorify him in your suffering right? and all of that. And it's not intuitive to us. We kind of like to wallow. We're like little piggies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, feels exactly. good. It feels yeah. good eating that pig slop. So and, it's a blessing. Yeah. You know, everything, all of this is a blessing to us. Like God doesn't need us to come to him to pray. Mm-hmm. He knows everything we're going to say. Right. He He wants us to have that relationship with him, but it's not so that he can gain something from it. So there's nothing that God is getting from our prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, God is not limited by them. He, He's inviting us to participate in the way that he's executing his will in the world, in the way that he's executing his will in your life, in the way that you're being sanctified, in the way— Because some people would be, well, if he knows everything anyway, and he determines everything anyway, then why pray? Yeah, because he uses means. What was the verse that I—where is it? (sighs) Yeah, so— It's down here. Okay. So um, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So God promises to use our prayers as a means to bring his revealed will in his word to come to pass in the world. Mm -hmm. So 
things, yeah, it's just. Yeah, he determines the ends, but he also determines the means as well. And your prayer could be that effectual um, mean to determine the end that he's declared. So God has said what he wants of us and of others. Mm -hmm. And it says explicitly here, if his words abide in us and we ask according to that, if we ask according to his revealed will as as expounded in the scripture, it will be done for us. I think we could take that and run really, really far with it. But I think the primary thing we want to say here is that, yeah, God uses means and it is a privilege to us that we are able to um, cause things to come to pass by coming to him in prayer. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. Um when we're talking about how we pray, um, asking, keep asking was a big thing that I thought of. Um, so Luke mm. 18, two verses two through eight, sorry. Um, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. And afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down with her continual coming. And the Lord said, (laughs) so that's what you are to the Lord. I'm just kidding. Um, And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him night and day? Will he delay to long... Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So he's not comparing God to this un unrighteous judge who is just annoyed more he's saying if this yeah horrible person is willing at some point to give this woman justice which he should care about he's a judge right right um how much more will the the righteous judge of all the earth give justice to his children right his own children and luke 11 uh 9 through 13 And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And this is always like a, um, just a real encouragement to me because in my fight against my sin, I feel so discouraged and I hate I hate my sin so much. And um, it can feel so burdensome and just impossible to escape. But it says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Mm-hmm. So just the context of this passage in particular is asking and asking and trusting that the Lord will sanctify yeah. And give you his spirit to help you overcome those things. Right. Yeah. And I think that goes back to like your daily bread is it's, I mean, yes, it is talking about like the physical need of just your portion, but it's also talking about like the Lord's mm-hmm. portion for you. And that is just like, like you were saying that how much more will God give you what you need. I mean, he's just a loving father and all that kind of stuff. Um, And that you don't ever have to, like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to ask for your daily portion. And whether Mm -hmm. that's your daily portion of patience, whether that's your daily portion of um, kindness, what you know, whatever that is, like we are encouraged to come 
to the Lord for our portion mm-hmm. daily. Yeah. Bum, bum, ba, dum, um, so do you want to move on to mm-hmm. does God communicate with us through prayer? Do you want to move on to that? Yep. All I'm right. Down. So the answer is yes. Every time I pray, <laughs> the windows fly open and a booming voice comes from heaven and tells me exactly what I should cook for dinner that night. And blows the your Bible open, right? To the and, exact verse. Yeah. And a little leaf falls with the point pointing directly to the reference passage. <laughs> it's always relevant. Mm-hmm. And I get tingles in my feet. Yeah. Not. You're special. <laughs> not. So does God communicate with us? Yes but he's going to communicate with us through his word, right? So he's already spoken and those words have already been written down and then they are compiled and then that's the Bible. So um, Psalm 16, seven, uh, I praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Um, so through his written, er, through his written word, he can be our counselor. It's already there. We don't have to think hard and squint our eyes and clench our fists like like trying to stretch feelings and conjure feelings up inside ourselves about like trying to figure out if God is talking to us or not. Right. Um, we have his word to guide us, to instruct us, and everybody does. There isn't anything special about Ash and her relationship with the Lord that he hasn't also given to me. He's given everybody this counsel through his, his scriptures, through his, through his written word. Um, and I just want to also caution people that it's through— <laughs> It also has to be in context too, because I know that there are a lot of people who are like, God has spoken to me and I am to go to Arizona because in Ezekiel, there's this, you know, I don't even know. I can't even make up a scripture verse off the top of my head in Ezekiel, but I have heard people say that God wants me to go here because of this really obscure scripture um, in the Bible. And that confirms that I'm supposed to go to this place. And so we just have to be very careful with how we apply God's word in God's, in, in how we think he's communicating with us too. Um, yeah, that's super important. Yeah. Because there, people do go the route of, and right. I, I mean, I, I did that when I was a new Christian. Oh, me too. You flip yeah. the Bible open and you put your finger on a passage and you're like, that's like, it's like this divination, weird right. pagan thing. I'm like, thing. I should, I should be with this person. To me, it was always guy. I should be with this person because I opened it to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter while I was thinking about him and love endures all things and hopes all things and, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like, no, but is it? Did it tell you to marry him, this person? No, it did not. So you're just reading, projecting your feelings and eisegeting the text according to your feelings and not according to the actual mm-hmm. context. So, yeah. Second Timothy 3, 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So that doesn't that means that when you come to God in prayer, you can say, Please reveal your will to me mm-hmm. according to your word. And there are certain things in life that are not explicitly like, should I go on this vacation? Yeah. You're not there gonna- are principles that can inform you in that. Sure. And you can get pretty far yeah. with that in making a wise decision according to scripture. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you choose between you choose Hawaii instead of Berlin because right. scripture told you to? I no, it's not that direct, but there's always wisdom that can be extrapolated from the scripture. So we can ask the Lord to direct us and to give us biblical wisdom. Mm-hmm. And he does that, but it's not this woo-woo. We're just going to go on a hunch type thing. Mm-hmm. And praise God, he doesn't leave us to that. Right. What a horrible world to live in where you're just blown about and it's one person's word against another. And you, I mean, it well, seems it's even more magical, word. but yeah. like how short can your steps be? No, it's so, it's so true. I mean, I've seen it <clears throat> in um, a few of my more um, like uh, Pentecostal friends where, I mean, they have moved all over the country because they believe God called them to this state and then God called them to this state and then God called them to that state and then God called them here. And it's like, I don't, and just they would misuse scripture to justify their, whatever, their callings. I don't even know what it is. And so just, yeah, just being very careful that you aren't tossed to and fro by your own like theology of prayer and that you are paying attention to the context. So if the context isn't like you shall move to Idaho or Arizona, like don't use scripture to support you, like God commanding you to move to Idaho or Arizona or Texas. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You can figure out, is there a, a theologically sound mm-hmm. Reformed Orthodox Church in this area? Mm-hmm. How far is it from the house that I'm thinking of, of purchasing? Do I have the money to afford right. that house? What kind of jobs are in the area? Right. Those are all biblical matters of wisdom right. that you can use to make your decision. Mm-hmm. Like, Beyond that, I think we just really want to be the main character yeah. in our own story. Yeah. Or, and I mean, we are kind of in our story. We're not. Well, we are, but we Jesus also want to. obviously. Like, and I but, feel like, especially with like um, more like Pentecostal type, and this isn't necessarily Pentecostal, but just like we want charismatic, to. Charismatic. Charismatic. Like, that's the, the word I was looking for. The revelation, like the special revelation like, is. Yeah. Like I'm special because God has spoken directly to me and I can use these scripture verses to support that. And it's just such a dangerous right. path to walk down. And so just be very careful of the context in which the scriptures you are using to support to support your decisions. Right. And um, you don't yeah. want to romanticize the like hyper spiritual, like subjective, mm-hmm. experiential type of faith. Yeah. Like, there's something so beautiful in just everyday faithful obedience, and we don't like that. Right? We don't it's like that. Yeah. Like, hey, go find a good job, support your family, join a local church that's faithful in the community. Proclaim the gospel to people that God gives you opportunity to and then die and be forgotten. <laughs> yeah. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, like 
We want this grand story with all of these revelations and dreams and plot twists and Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So yeah, we don't believe that God speaks to us, communicates to us in prayer, um, but I would say he interacts with us in prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's something that is supernatural about it. Um, A few things that I had thought of here. Um, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Mm -hmm. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that's Romans 8, 26 through 28. Um, The Holy Spirit intercedes for us even when we don't know how to pray. So there's something really... Yeah. There's something personal Mm -hmm. and intimate and supernatural happening there. Um, I say supernatural in a more boring way than most people would. Yeah. Um, But for the Spirit of God to intercede on your behalf when you don't have the words to pray according to God's will and to do so according to the will of God so that God's will for us might come to pass. And this reassurance here that when that happens, everything's going to be working together for our good. That's God's will for us. Mm-hmm. No, even if it seems horrible, right? we can trust that that thing is good. Right. Um, do not be anxious, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So um, this is something that I think in our culture is really popular, this like idea of um, you know, your burden being lifted through these other avenues, venting, counseling, like methods, psychological approaches, and all of those things may have their place depending on what you're speaking to. Um, but ultimately the the burden lifter, the only one who can really heal is the Lord. God lifts our burdens and gives us a supernatural peace. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to um, to have that happen, we need to be going to him. Mm-hmm. And faith that he is the, the real, the ultimate burden lifter. He is the real healer. Um, and I've, I know I've experienced that. Um, but again, it wasn't a situation where the clouds opened and some booming voice came from heaven and gave me some extra biblical revelation. But um, I don't know. I've, I definitely have experienced some pretty inexplicable, like, incredible peace in circumstances where I shouldn't have had peace. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's that peace that passes all understanding, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. So there's this, yeah. And I don't know, there's like, and it's not, here's the other thing is like, we also really like, I was talking to my husband about this the other day. Like we, we really want all of our Christian walk to be this experiential thing, like what I was describing. Um, And so we start to use it as a litmus test for whether or not God is actually there. So you Mm. could say, okay, because I felt this overwhelming peace in this really hard circumstance, I don't feel it now in this other circumstance, so God must not be there because it's not consistent with that. And that's not at all what I'm encouraging. It's 
it's almost like God gives us at times these really powerful moments where you experience the truth of what scripture says. Like Mm -hmm. another thing for me was where scripture says that, you know, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we belong to the Lord. And I remember that happening Mm -hmm. for me. And I remember like what time of my life it was. And it wasn't like words or any Mm -hmm. booming voice. It was just this assurance, this like hard, strong Mm -hmm. assurance. I belong to the Lord. He's not going to let go of me. Yeah. And it was like this persistent just season of that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like, that feels real. <laughs> like right. exactly what scripture said. Right. And it's hard to like, when somebody says, how do you know you belong to the Lord? Well, there's a lot of other things. Sure. Do you see fruit right. born in your own life? Like examine yourself. Be sure that you're in the faith. Like all, there's all kinds of other really objective biblical tests for that. But there's also this. Um, and we want that all the time. But then- I think like if that happened all the time, we would start to doubt whether or not it was authentic. But I think because God gives us these moments at times where he like just kind of parts the curtain a little bit Mm -hmm. in those ways, Mm -hmm. it is almost more authentic Mm -hmm. because you're like, you remember, they stick out to you in your head. Mm -hmm. And it's like this like almost kind of like an anchor a bit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, I do. And there's a scripture verse. Um, oh man, I should have written it down, but it was, it was in Lindsay's book um, where you are praying when you don't feel God's presence, and it's one of the Psalms, and it was basically God like responding and was like, "Don't you remember that I delivered you out of out of Egypt?" You know, don't you remember I was here this day? So it's, he's calling you back to his faithfulness and that whatever it is that you're feeling, remember that I will never leave you or forsake you. You know, remember that I I am here. You draw near to me and I will draw near to you kind of thing. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, we may not always feel it, but we can be reminded that, no, remember this, this really hard time and I delivered you from that, like, I'm delivering you. It may not feel like it, but I am delivering you through this trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember also when I miscarried Shiloh, mm-hmm. like I had a few days where I was like suspicious, suspecting that that might happen. And yeah. I was just continually pleading for that baby's life and right. just please, please, please do not take my baby. Right. And I remember like Pastor Brandt, like our church is so wonderful. Like we had people send us flowers and people mm-hmm. were reaching out. And um, Pastor Brandt was texting me just to see how I was doing. And I remember telling him like, I'm so glad that my walk with the Lord has not been experiential because right now I feel like God is so far away. Mm-hmm. I just feel, I feel this empty, like there's just right. this void. Like I'm just yeah. talking into this void. But I know that that's not true right? because my life has not been that, even though I have those anchors in my life, because the normative has Mm -hmm. not been that and Mm -hmm. I don't expect it, I don't have to worry that he's not actually there because things are really hard. Right. So, yeah, I just— It's like the Footprints poem. (laughs) 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 But I only saw one set of footprints. I just— Man, like letting go of this idea that yeah. prayer has to be this dramatic, miraculous thing, mm-hmm. but also leaving room for it. Scripture does say God's going to give us an 
a peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah. And that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we don't have words. Yeah. And and um, you know, on behalf of God and uh, and accomplishing his will in our lives. Um, even when you feel like when you come before the Lord, you're like, I just don't even know mm-hmm. what to pray. Like if you're in a season of depression mm-hmm. or anxiety, postpartum depression, just hormonal, all kinds of craziness. Or even um, just in a really like sticky situation, like marital situation. You're yeah, just like, or just crushed when your yeah. spirit is just crushed and right. you have no, like things just seem bleak and yeah. you're like you're looking out like, I don't even know, just take... Like, go to the Lord, yeah. and I don't, like, I don't want it to be too, like, woo-woo, but, like, I'm not, like, what does it say? They call soaking in the Holy Spirit or whatever, but just go sit. But you can sit in His presence. Just go sit with the Lord right. and and wait. Right. You know? Like, I've had moments like that, too, where I was just, like, so just, like, discouraged and hopeless, but I was, like, I know I need to pray, mm-hmm. but I'm so just bent yeah. And and it like everything changed in that moment. Like God gave me the words. It mm-hmm. took a minute, but yeah. he gave me the words. And then I my and my burden was lifted. Mm-hmm. And I have moments like that that I remember too. So go before the Lord, even if you feel like you don't know what to say, and trust that the Holy Spirit will lead you in that. Yeah. Um, it's better to go than to not. Yeah. Because there are gonna be a lot of times in your life where you feel justified in not coming before the Lord or it feels mm-hmm. too hard or, or you're pointless angry with him. or you're angry. Yeah. I've had, you don't get to silent treat God. <laughs> nope. Boundaries. Boundaries. That's biblical boundary. Yeah, that's an unbiblical boundary. <laughs> <We> just <laughs> refer to our last episode. <clears throat> yeah. Um, oh, this was an interesting one. So Matthew 6, 5 through 8. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Prayer closet. There's, yeah. So get yourself a prayer closet. Get yourself a war room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a prayer shawl. I'm just kidding. But, um... But there's a promise here that God's going to reward us. Like there's a reward for those who mm-hmm. come before the Lord. Right. That's I'm not saying And I think the reward comes in peace. Right. Absolutely. It comes in hope. <coughs> those are the things that are tangible things that he says that mm-hmm. we reap when we bring our supplications to right. him. Yeah. And how do you get that when you're coming in like pretense and trying to get people's attention? Right. You're not yeah. even talking to God. Or you're when talking you're like, or when you're venting, like do you get hope and peace in your soul restored after venting to a coworker about right. your marital strife or your um, you know, whatever the circumstance is? Mm-hmm. No, like there is um I think I don't remember if it was this episode or the last episode we recorded, but um yeah, that Jesus is the ultimate healer, the ultimate like cycle breaker, and he is our source of hope and peace. And that is something that is a direct benefit when we engage in continual prayer. Mm-hmm. Why is having a robust prayer life crucial to a woman's life in role she's in? So bringing it back to the practical things. Um, I had mentioned that it restores your joy and your soul, your spirit. Motherhood is mundane. Wifehood can be mundane. 
Singleness can get really, really old real quick, but the Lord can restore your soul and your mind through prayer. Um, Psalm 16, 6 through 11, the boundary lines have fallen from me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs, instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the paths of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Through prayer, the Lord can restore joy to you and to the work that you do, even in the mundane. Um, let's see, he's established it and he can help us be joyful in it, in the mundane things. Um, Psalms ninety seventeen says, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I was just so encouraged by that Psalm, Psalm 16, that um, he restores my soul through his counsel. He restores my soul through um, instruction, that he puts gladness in my heart and that is that can be a supernatural thing. Like you were talking about like the peace that surpasses all understanding. And you're just like, why am I so at peace when I should when my life is just this raging, raging storm? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's such, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. He does he does like really draw near to those who are suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've gone through some pretty, pretty hard, dark things. Yeah. And in those moments, I remember feeling like it would be okay if this never got better because of how how crazy it is to feel this near to the Lord. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it's just one of those, like, there's no explaining it. It really is experiential. It's like this right. just feeling of comfort and feeling like the Lord really loves you and cares for you and knows Mm-hmm. your heart and sees right. sees your pain and all of that. Right. And prayer is a way of drawing near to him. Right. And he promises, that's one of his promises is if, you know, you yeah. draw near to me and I will draw you. near to yep. you. That is a promise. And that's something that you can pray. Lord, I am drawing near to you. Please draw near to me. Mm-hmm. And that, that is something that that is something that you can stand on and believe that he will fulfill because he is a God of truth. He is a God of faithfulness. Um, he will um, even just asking him to bring to recollection of times where he has been faithful um, is also another like discipline to get in. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> real quick next because my phone is about to die. But um, another uh, benefit of just having a robust prayer life is it gives you hope. Um, I had a really close family member walk away from the Lord and just completely apostatize. And it it was an Apostle Paul experience backwards <laughs> where mm. I'm just thinking, and even still today, if I were to go based on what I see, there's no hope. Mm. There's no hope. Um, but in the Lord, 
in the creator of all things who can just speak things into existence, and it is, mm-hmm. I have all the hope. Uh, Psalms 127, 13 through 14, I would, have, uh, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Um, yeah, so that is something that I have held on to with this family member that I mm-hmm. just believe that he will <clears throat> turn this person's heart. And I have, ho- I mean, look at the Apostle Paul, and he was like the antithesis of Christianity. Right. He was a murderer. Yeah, he of murdered Christians. Christians. Yes. And God just grabbed him, blinded him. <laughs> And caused him to bow the knee. Caused him to die. Yeah. For Christ. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, so we we can rest and have hope in that. And that comes with great peace, especially when we're dealing as wives and moms with maybe wayward husbands, mm-hmm. um, maybe with wayward children, mm-hmm. that you can just rest in the Lord and know that he has them in your hand or in their in his hand, sorry, and that you don't have to fret or worry because he is bigger than even their own hearts, even their own right. will. Right. Um, kind of flowing into that, my last point is uh, nothing is in your control and praying be- brings peace. Like I st- talked about knowing that your wayward husband, your rebellious child, even your own heart can be transformed by God and God alone. You do not have to depend on someone's goodness or a child's proper upbringing to be saved or sanctified. God can take that prodigal son, the sinner stuck in a miry clay, and single-handedly and miraculously change them. And that is such a comfort to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, so this is my last point, is that um, another benefit of having a robust prayer life, um, both for a, a mom and a uh, wife, and this applies to singleness, single ladies too, is that you're going to need a lot of forgiveness mm-hmm. and you're going to have to confess on a daily basis your sins because, right. um, yeah, mom guilt is real. Mm-hmm. Mom guilt is real, but it is not godly to carry that around. Right. And so if you are feeling guilty, you need to confess it if you haven't confessed already. And if you've confessed and repented of your sin towards your child or whatever, I guess you can have wife guilt. I don't know. I think that's less, but um, mom guilt for sure. Then you can go in peace yes. and not Start carry around tomorrow. that. And that in mm-hmm. God's mercies are new every morning. Right. Yep. And that is such um, that is such a. I don't know. That is such a gift. And I I just cannot describe to you like how thankful I am of God's forgiving nature and that he even provides a way for me to do a do-over. Mm-hmm. Like I got mom, I got mom and wrong today, Lord. Tomorrow can I have a do-over? Yeah. <laughs> and he does. Yeah. How do you make it through 18 years of mothering? I don't know. Without, repent, without <laughs> continual know. repentance and having that burden lifted I don't off think, your shoulders. I think roots of bitterness get established and you see it in parent-child relationships. Um, roots of rebellion get established. So you have incredibly rebellious kids because mom and dad are hip- hypocrites, basically. 
Um, they yeah. establish a standard for the ch- for the children or even for the home, but following. don't follow it themselves. Right. And yeah, that can produce a lot of uh, rebellion. Yeah. So how much sanctification is put off by not coming in repentance when we sh- instead we try to say, I had a really hard day today. I was really stretched thin. If I had more help, if I had a nap, if I. Right. If they hadn't rubbed me the wrong way, instead of being purposeful and saying every day, I'm mm-hmm. going to think about where did I go wrong, Yeah, regardless of the circumstance, and how do I bring that before the Lord, and confessing that, and asking for Him to change you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that stuck out in my head in regards to why it's crucial is because your children are watching you, and I know that every woman— listening, I mean, God willing, wants to see their children have a robust prayer life and wants to see their children in close relationship with the Lord for all of their lives. And how are they going to do that if you do not have that robust prayer life? Mm -hmm. You need to model that. You need to know what it's like. You need to teach them how to pray. Yeah. Like, how do they handle this when they get stuck and they don't know what to say and or they feel like God's not listening? Right. Or they feel like God— yeah, it's just you have to have a good theology of prayer and you have to be applying it. Mm-hmm. They need to see that. You need to be leading them in that. Um, beyond that, one thing I've noticed is just how, I mean, how isolating it is, especially in our culture today, to be a stay-at-home mom and how comforting it is to touch, reach out to the Lord consistently through your day and have that reminder that I can't see the Lord, but he's here with me Mm -hmm. and I'm not entirely alone. Like God is here with me Mm -hmm. when I'm washing these dishes. He cares like, and God is also like we've talked about before, like God is infinite. Um, His attention is not divided between you and every other person in the world. He has infinite attention. There's no person on the planet that could ever give you as much attention or the fullness of attention that God can give you in any moment. It's like this thing that we crave from everybody else is like only found in God. And we just settle for this, you know, like lesser version of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, what a comfort it is to remember, like Jesus is here, like not, I don't want to be too woo woo, but Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father, but you know, the Holy spirit is with me always. And, um, and there's not a moment that I'm alone. Mm-hmm. There's also not a moment that God's not watching everything I'm doing. And I probably need to mind my P's and Q's around <laughs> these kids, you know? So prayer is this like continual reminder, especially if you're trying to pray through your day, mm-hmm. that you're not by yourself and that God is God has attention on what you're doing and what where your heart is and all of that. Um, and then, yeah, just like what, what Kristen was saying, like God is sovereign over every millisecond of your day. Mm-hmm. Like, why would we not petition him through the whole day? He's the one, can, he's in ultimate control of everything. Like, yeah. again, go back to Christ and see, like, how much did Christ rely on the Father mm-hmm. in prayer and prioritize that. So those were the things I thought of. And I think we're good from there. Good. All right. All right. So go love God, go love your husband, and go love your kids. Mm-hmm. 